Welcome to Pod for Teacher. I'm Aaron Fitzpatrick. I'm Nate Langelli. And I'm Kristen Milanovic. Well, as we approach a new milestone here in just a couple of weeks, one year since we learned the pandemic would send us home and force us to do our jobs remotely for the first time and teach online from home and balance work and home, we need to take a moment to reflect on what this year actually was and what we've learned and how we've grown. So let's talk about today. We're going to be talking about our biggest challenges and successes. My, my biggest challenge, I think, is going to remove the word pandemic from my vocabulary. I'm hoping at some point that that can just be like a, you know, oh, like an old timey word. I would like that to become an old timey word like um, like sarsaparilla. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> no, because right now pandemic is the answer for everything. Well, well that, it's, it's just everywhere, you know. I feel like uh, I feel like quarantine is, and, and it's something that I've been dealing with with my yearbook staff. Is you know they they're trying to write about you know what sports teams have done this year and clubs and all this kind of stuff, and they, they they refer to quarantine the noun. You know that like oh during quarantine, I said you're not quarantined. Like you you're still going and playing sports, and you're still you know some of you are going to school and, and you're going to the store and stuff like that. Like that's not what that means. It's like there isn't a, there isn't a time. Where, like there was a time, I guess, like a very short time, but there wasn't a period where like you were restricted from leaving your home, <laughs> you know. So I'm trying to I, I'm trying to break them of some of those like you know those choices in their lexicon. <laughs> right, right. That's fair enough. And did you guys know one of our bigger challenges just a couple months ahead? The 17 year cicada is about to emerge. I saw they're, that. They're going to emerge that. from beneath the surface and. Climb over all the trees. Cue all the hot takes on social media about 2021 being no better than 2020. And why not <laughs> bring on the plagues, whatever else they can throw at oh it. My. I, I do like that they're called Brood X. I believe that's the title for this uh, this type of cicada, Brood X. Yeah, I have no, I, 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 I have no words. You know, <laughs> you know what, as, as far as challenges and successes are concerned, I remember right when we first learned last year that we were going to be working from home, testing Google Meet for the very first time with you, Nate, and Uncle Griff, <laughs> just from our classrooms, like, hey, let's give this a try and see how this works or whatever. Now, I mean, I had been on a couple Zoom meetings prior to that or WebEx meetings and things like that. Um, we hadn't, I hadn't really needed Google Meet for any other reason or whatever. So I remember testing it like this is this brand new thing, and now it's like a, it, it's just, it's like as – uh, like ubiquitous as you know, chalk and chalkboards used to be. I guess like, <laughs> that is true, right? For some of our for some of our younger folks, you might need to explain what chalk and chalkboards are. I start with the abacus and work my way this <laughs> way. Oh gosh! Wait, that was, we did an episode about that. Remember, like how school, like how far we've come. I was like, uh, in back in my day, whatever that episode was. <laughs> See, we've, we're making connections all over the place here. All over the place, all over. I like it. Well, um, it goes without saying that the pandemic has significantly changed all of our lives, but as vaccines become more readily available and more and more schools reopen, the students and staff members who return might be returning more in their proverbial backpacks than schoolwork. On today's pod, we revisit the topic of mental health, an issue that certainly evolved in many ways since we first broached the subject on the pod in 2019. Holy cow, that was 10 years ago. 
We'll talk with Barb Martz, our district's prevention specialist, about some of the issues students are facing. But first, today's essential question. How can we, as educators, best meet the pandemic-related social and emotional needs of our students while not neglecting our own? We'll get right into it after this word from Boy George. Something about that song just makes me, mm, I'm just like a Carlton dance over here. Right? Boy George. I mean, boy George. If there's a way for video to be uploaded for people to watch K Mills do the Carlton dance, I really I mean, think right? Can, yeah. It's a little time. like Elaine like at the same time. It's. Should we we should turn that into a into a gif and put that on Twitter or something? We it is we absolutely should right we should and we could pretend that I'm I'm kidding with my lack of rhythm, kidding <laughs> with the quotes. Yeah. Now I can't I can't stop envisioning like an overlay of like Elaine and Carlton dancing and, simultaneously. And then it's me with no rhythm. Anyway, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Last month, the Washington Post put out an article titled, Partly Hidden by Isolation, Many of the Nation's School Children Struggle with Mental Health. It states, more than 10 months into the pandemic, mental health is a simmering crisis for many of the nation's school children. Partly hidden by isolation, but increasingly evident in the distress of parents, the worries of counselors, and an early body of research. Goes on to say, hold up at home, students dwell in the glare of computer screens, missing friends and teachers. I'm not sure they really miss me, but that's all right. They miss me. Well, of course, who wouldn't miss you, honestly? Right. <laughs> some are failing classes, some are depressed, some are part of families reeling with lost jobs, gaps in childcare, or bills that can't be paid, and some students care for or grieve relatives with COVID 19. A disease caused by the coronavirus, which has claimed more than 400,000 lives in the United States. The article continues, mental health problems account for a growing proportion of children's visits to hospital emergency rooms. According to the CDC and prevention, <clears throat> um, from March when the pandemic was declared to October, the figure was up 31% for those 12 to 17 years old and 24% for children's ages five to 11 compared with the same period in 19, 2019. Like, that just blows my mind, the increase of visits to the emergency room in those age groups from just one year to the next uh, during this yeah. time period. Yeah. Uh, students who are most vulnerable are often most affected, tending to have greater family disruption and economic hardship, less access to mental health services and fewer devices for connecting to school. And it kind of wraps up by saying other issues that were addressed uh, included uh, abuse that's going undetected and the continuing rise of suicide rates among adolescents. And a quote here says, hopelessness and disconnection are especially problematic. School connection is a protective factor for students, a buffer for stress. So these stats are all astounding. Um, obviously, 
being, giving heed as we begin the transition of our own students back into our building. I know other schools, they've started this process as well, students coming back in. Uh, so it's, it's just been huge, not just for students, for families, for teachers, and, and it's just, it's been tough on a lot of people. So, A.A. Ron, the question here for you then, based on this, is how can schools identify students then who need support? We're coming back in, so what, how can schools address that? According to the American Psychological Association, while some of the typical indicators that we use to identify students experiencing mental health difficulties may not be available, as many teachers are unable to meet with students in person, students can't just drop in when they need help like they used to be able to do, there are still a few ways that we can adapt to meet those needs. Um, an already established method to identify students who may have difficulties with anxiety or depression is through systematic screening of the school population. Now, this can happen a few different ways. Teachers and students might complete questionnaires regarding students' emotions and classroom behaviors. Teachers could nominate students who appear to be excessively anxious or sad to complete a questionnaire that would then be submitted to the school's mental health professionals. According to APA, prior to the pandemic, approximately 15 to 20% of students could be expected to be identified as needing support through screening. And that number is almost certainly higher now, as we're talking about, given the potential emotional fallout of the pandemic. School-based mental health professionals can pr provide direct support to students who are identified as potentially at risk by helping implement these screenings. The idea that because each student and issue is unique to their particular situation, optimal solutions should be differentiated, and these professionals are best trained to do so. Uh, teachers are the professionals who are the most knowledgeable about students' general behaviors because we have the most contact with students daily. So as a result, observant teachers may be able to detect subtle changes in children's daily moods, habits, and school-based practices. Still, the, the important point to note here is that teachers are just part of the equation or solution and need to work with the school-based mental health professionals who are best equipped to take it from there. So Kristen, how are students self-advocating and what kind of support can we offer them as teachers? You know, just before I talk about that, I, I do, I want to bring up the fact that the observing, right? And so when students are in person, right, we can observe those changes. Now I've noticed like a lot of those changes tend to, you know, whether or not students are actually turning in assignments or if they are turning in assignments that may or not, you know, may not be completed entirely. And I know I've taken those as as launch, you know, as a launch pad where I'll say to the student, you know, this isn't like you. It, is everything okay? Like you turned in something that was not complete, or you forgot you didn't turn it in. You know what's going on? But and it's one of those things that I, I'm not even certain that there is enough knowledge of. You know, I, I just feel the funk kind of thought process that I was getting for most of my students. So interestingly, and interestingly enough, as you talk about self-advocating, it's not surprising that most students are moving to an outlet that they know best to share their thoughts and feelings, which is technology. Whether or not be a sharing their perspective through blogs or social media, uh, you know, platforms that they utilize. I found that one, in, one student um, had a perspective on the National Institute of Health's website about strategies to support high school students' mental health during this pandemic. And it, it, it was an interesting thought process because I believe that the, all students recognize that this is a challenging time, but it's also a challenging time that they're tired of 
that they're tired of, truthfully. And it's not something that they have ever had an experience with being challenged for so long. And so students, um, ultimately it becomes their look, they need a multi-layered action plan because during this pandemic and for, because it's been so long, it's absolutely necessary according to the, this website. So a, such a plan could include the following strategies. Improving resilience of high school students with self-help strategies. Efforts should be made to equip adolescents with strategies to build resilience. Students can be encouraged to create short-term goals and schedules and taught mindfulness techniques to build resilience. Acts of gratitude and compassion, such as random acts of kindness type days, can also help. I, I, just a little aside for this, I, I liked this. I liked this first strategy because creating short-term goals is, is very important. Short-term goals of something as simple as, all right, what can I do to get through the next hour and 20 minutes, whether it be online or what can I do to get through today or tomorrow or the next week, right? And, and I don't believe that students view those as many goals and, and being mindful and knowing how to sometimes just relieve that stress, I think is something we all need. I think you're right. I was, I'll just jump in because in life, even for students, even for us, Sometimes you see like everything that needs to get done. You have, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to get that done. I got to change. And it can just seem overwhelming at times. But yeah. then trying to break it down and do something manageable and say, hey, well, I might not be able to take care of all of this right now, but I can do something. And so like even, even those small little victories, that little boost of self-confidence, that little bit of encouragement. And you mentioned these random acts of kindness. And I'm going to throw a shout out to cafe 116 the other day with those random acts of kindness with the coffee I, you, know, you know me and coffee i was like phew, right in my, per, my my day just brightened right up i see That's a cup it. of joe it's like whoa awesome you know i think it. you're absolutely right though it can be very uh, life can be intimidating especially during this time period um so yeah just setting those goals uh, sounds like a wonderful wonderful uh, you know tip to have for for everybody yeah. Another tip this student brought up is that the, there should you need to develop a peer support network, right? So creating a buddy system essentially will allow a high school student to form a peer connection, check in on friends through network hubs or mentoring supports, either created by themselves, um, you know, that would fall along with their sports or their clubs or, or facilitated by, by the school itself. But the more I thought about that, I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, a, a buddy system. How great would that be, right? And even if, if you have buddies set up here in school, like, hey, you know, you're a buddy. You need to check in on so-and-so. We haven't seen them in a while. It might help students to feel connected and and help to build their resilience and and truly have some positive behavior and interactions. Third thing this student mentioned is that the, the leverage of leveraging digital technology for mental health supports, because there are many digital options for support and resources that can give you a sense that you aren't alone. I, I'll never forget. I heard a speaker last year who um, had had hurt himself playing uh, football, which he was slotted to go for the to the NFL and hurt himself, um, you know, like the year he was set to be drafted. 
and could never play football again. And ultimately it was the perspective that needed to drive a new performance. And by having something that is, is new and realizing that he wasn't the only one out there that was experiencing a disappointment helped him to create a network of people for support. So that's something that I think is important that I'm not certain high school students even know where to look for that type of stuff. Also, the, the last thing was collaborative partnerships and community mental health organizations partnering with the high school students, their families and schools to co-create programs. The COVID-19 pandemic has provided us with an opportunity to be digitally connected, work on collaborative projects such as community mindfulness. Now, this is interesting because our specific community does um, participate in you know, they in technology, they're on social media, they communicate with their teachers and, and with the school district in various ways. And I, I think it would be really neat if there was some form of community mindfulness or some community based based things. I know recently um, to to have something where everyone needs to be mindful of uh, every it, I, I don't know how to word this correctly, and I'm, I'm losing my thesaurus terms. But the, the winter typically does bring a, uh, you know, without a lack of sunshine and things such as that, people typically feel a little bit different. Having something like this within a, a community partnership to do some mindfulness activities, not only during a pandemic, but all of the time, I think would have a really strong impact. Can we, can we institute something like that here and call it Milanfulness or something? Call it what? Oh. Milanfulness. Oh, my. No. That's it. That's like, even. I just... love it, right? I do. Would you be my buddy for the buddy system, though? Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely, right? No, I kind of feel like you were my buddy, though, unofficially. Like you didn't like, right? We we were. It just it just is. It just wow. Is. Right. I'm hurt now. I'm being oh, left no, out. No, I'm being left out. No, no, it's all right. Words have been said. Mate, it's okay. I just walk over to your house and I wait. Right? <laughs> like it, it's. It's a bond one can only truly share with somebody who has to, uh, you know, deal with like production-based instruction all the time. All the time. Um, like the texts that begin with, I'm sorry to bother you on a weekend, but right? <laughs> and I was like, got it. <laughs> now the only, I'm not trying to put a, a wrench in some of this. Kids are on technology all the time. And so it's tough, I say, to, to have them to go back on technology for some of these things. In my mind, I think that'd be tough. Like if kids are on their technology for yeah our, but they're gonna go on and play you're telling me they're not gonna play video games come on like you could have a mindfulness of video game night right where you could set sure. up a little bracket of people in the i mean i'm not talking like that we all need to sit and and kumbaya around the fire pit, fire pit but at the same point you you can evolve people for good things see i'm glad you're able to come back with my counter argument that was beautiful that was, was beautiful it? see because we're buddies <laughs> because Ben Franklin famously said, out of adversity comes opportunity. And sometimes it's hard to find. We have been presented with a myriad of challenges and the way we respond moving forward is going to shape the mental health of the students today. So right now they might be fine. They might say, yeah, I'm fine. But tomorrow they might not be. And the day after that, they might not be. Right. And we need to pay attention because this, I don't know, these four points really 
they spoke to my heart and they had my thought processes going because I know that there are so many students struggling. My own child herself is struggling. I feel I'm struggling at times and we're all experiencing the same. And so to build a framework of kindness and, and collaborative partnerships is the way to move forward in my yeah. opinion. I was going to add that. I think you're right. Even though this was from a student's perspective, this can apply to everybody. You know, these sort of these things that we're feeling. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that. And I also want to say, even though Ben Franklin said that, I want to throw out another quote from Uncle Ben telling Peter Parker, with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, so that was a good remember, one. As teachers, yeah. I think that that's fitting, right? <laughs> well, we obviously have the power. <laughs> You knew Ben Franklin predicted COVID nineteen too. I mean, <laughs> total mind blow. Oh, get out of here! But the question, like, still is like, how then do we incorporate that? These are great ideas, but then I think just running through my mind, just trying to like, I, I like the point you brought up: being aware, observing. Like the other day, I was sending out reminders to some students who maybe were slipping on some things, and they and one of them responded back said, "Hey, thanks for reaching out. You know, it's been a right. struggle recently." So just like, I, I agree completely where you're saying, just pay attention. You know, if this is kind of like out, out of normal, if this is out of character, like, but I think that's also been tough, at least this year when we haven't been able to see our students as often or trying to, we don't have those relationships with every student like we've maybe had in the past, but just still doing our best to be able to kind of see it's kind of off. It's not really who, who they are based on, you know, our past experience with them. Well, and I want all students that are, are listening, obviously for, for all of our listeners, but I, we're all experiencing some level of this, some level of just, wow, is this a weird, a weird year? And, and I go back to when we had the student panel saying that, you know, at some point, this is just going to be a blip in your career. I, I believe that, right? Like 15 years from now, but at the same point, this blip is going to be always impactful. Right. Yes. Because I think we're going to continue to see the see aspects of it throughout. Yeah. And so to to start small and to to say, hey, let's do this together. Right. We're a K through 12 district being a part of that with all, we're all together. Right. So we have to start small and by paying attention and starting to ask questions and involving everyone who knows the sky's the limit after the break um we will get a little bit more into this topic with our guest for today uh, mrs barb martz stick around we'll be right back the views and opinions expressed on pod for teacher are solely those of the authors and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of freedom area high school or the freedom area school district any account of this podcast without the written consent of Miguel Cardona is strictly prohibited. She's a certified prevention specialist and student assistance program coordinator, but being on this show might go to the top of her resume. Barb Martz, thanks for joining us here on Pod for Teacher. Thank you, thank you. Great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> We have a very uh, we have a very swanky sort of setup here, so we're very official. I love it. <laughs> um, so, Barb, obviously, in the world of virtual learning, the way that we've had to meet with and help students has looked a bit different. Um, how challenging has it been 
to identify students with needs in a virtual environment? And what changes or steps did you have to take to work with them? Oh, it's, it's definitely more challenging now um, to actually work with students. You know, we have to do things virtually like everybody else. And uh, they don't like to turn their cameras on. And, you know, it, it's, it's hard. And you're doing a lot. I feel like I'm doing a lot more contacts with parents, too, working with parents. Um, so so that it's good and bad and all those. And then, you know, trying to identify those kids. Um, is a little bit different pre-pandemic you know we could count on all those observable behaviors that teacher sees and teachers are so good at noticing subtle changes in in kids you know whether it's their behaviors their emotional well-being um the way they dress their mood whatever they can see all that and it's hard now because you're not seeing that so many of these kids don't turn their cameras on you don't have that personal contact with them anymore you can't say hey you know i know you got your hoodie on today you know are you okay what's going on is there anything i can do to help you you can't do that so we're kind of counting on teachers and other observable ways and teachers have gotten pretty ingenious and in sending out questionnaires and asking kids weekly you know how you doing is there anything we can do to help you know what's going on is there anything you need for tutoring or that kind of thing so it's different but it's no, I was also wondering, because I know like back when things were, were used the word normal, I guess, for lack of a better term, I noticed kids would often even just reach out to you like on their own, like they'd be self-advocate more. Um, I don't know if that, have you noticed that kind of going down? Are they still reaching out or is it harder now? They kind of be more quiet and then kind of along with that, have you noticed an uptick in SAP referrals or students seeking counseling since the onset of this? So. I, like I said, when things were normal, it would be very common to hear, oh, yeah, I want, can I go talk to Mrs. Martz about this? Or, you know, and that'd be, okay, yeah. But I didn't know if that was still happening now or or what you've kind of noticed uh, from your end. Um, for some of the kids that would, that I had a lot of contact before, yes, I definitely. They'll reach out to me through email. Um, but now it seems like I've got more parents reaching out. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really lost. I don't know what to do with my kid. They're failing, you know, because we're all making those phone calls to our emails, like, you're failing, you're not attending. Um, so I'll get more parents reaching out um, and able to help from, from that side. But I do still get a lot of kids who reach out on their own, and we, we try to, you know, meet and talk about things and troubleshoot and plan to do better. Um, but as far as, like, SAP referrals, so in the very beginning of this, a year ago, which I can't believe it's even been a year, um, the SAP referrals like dropped immediately and counseling did too. And I think it was because in my mind, everybody kind of thought like, oh, we're on a two week vacation. Nobody understood the severity of what was happening and that this was going to become a pandemic and we were going to be stuck pretty much for a year. Um, so things changed. Um, like I said, it slowed down. Um, and then we had to look at for the longest time for the end of the last school year it was looking at okay what can we do to get kids engaged where are they we were looking at the basics or do they have wi-fi do they have um food um you know what do they need do we need to send material to their house if they don't have wi-fi do we need to get jetpacks those kinds of things and now i think it's it's changed into more of that emotional need because this has been going on for so long um that you know Kids are interpersonal people. We're all interpersonal people. And, you know, a kid, you think about a day in, in school, high school, middle school, they might have five, 600 contacts in a day, and they're not getting that. 
Um, and neither are we. And we're we're interpersonal people too. We we like those contexts. So now I think it's more back to that social emotional kind of need that we're getting. Right, so like it's it's definitely been a year of like you know change and transition. I mean like you know first you know obviously going from um, standard traditional in-person learning and then you know transition to everyone's at home and then you know, some teachers are back and then students and, and you know and we are certainly not unique in that i know like districts around the country or you know have had to make those kinds of adaptations now with um a lot of students slowly starting to integrate like back into the school system like what kind of mental health challenges do you think we might experience or encounter as students begin to return to school and like how long do you think those challenges might persist well you know that that's a tough one it's it's hard to say how long it's going to persist i think there's going to be you know, a, a lot of mental health issues um because they are emotional human beings and they need those interactions and they've kind of been out of it for so long with without a lot of interaction um you know when we talk about um, mental health and, and the possibility of disorders happening, emotional disorders, behavior disorders, mental health disorders. We look at risk and protective factors. Um, and, you know, risk factors are, are those things that obviously put you at risk to have more likely have some kind of mental health, emotional, behavioral disorder, whereas the protective factors help you. Um, and in this case, like, like, like for kids, School is is a big domain. There's three domains. There's individual, family, and then there's there's school and community, and and for us, you know, the things that that they're losing or missing out on those risk factors or you know the traumatic event of not being there, of uh, this whole thing going on. A lot of them have experienced grief and loss too. They've lost family members. A lot of them are are seeing failure failures in school. They you know have a lot of school stress. There may be poverty, poverty because families have lost jobs. There's no peer relationships, um, and and those kinds of things. So when going back to school, we in the school system we can add that structure where we're you know the the protective factors, we're the mentors, we're we're there to give them the positive influence, and you know give them the skills, help them get involved in things that are within our school community, whether that be clubs or sports or, you know, those kinds of things, just giving them opportunities to engage. Um, so I think, you know, when we first go back to school, um, I think it's going to be real important to try to rebuild some of those relationships. And some teachers haven't seen their kids ever. Like they haven't, they really don't even know who they are. So I think that's just going to be really important, those interpersonal relationships with kids. So kind of going right off of that, I agree. So do you have any like specific maybe tips or ideas or things that we as teachers and other people in the building might be able to do trying to reacclimate students to being back in the building, to actually being around people, to trying to build these relationships? Like you said, maybe we haven't had them because we haven't seen them, you know, face to face where they've been, you know, not showing up or whatever. So I don't know if, from what you've seen, if there's anything like specific that maybe we could focus on um, trying to foster that. I think the basics, just being there with a smile on your face, greeting them when they're coming into the room, um, responding to them right away, noticing things about them, you know, especially positive stuff, because these kids have had so much negative. We have too, um, but positivity feeds positivity. So I think that will really help. And, and just clear expectations. They want rules and structures. 
their lives are upside down right now. They never know what's going to happen. So if we can help things be a little bit more predictable for them, I think that's going to help them in their adjustment back and us too. Um, I think that's going to really help and help their mental health. So are you saying if I had a cutout picture of Fitz's face and I just hold that in front of my face and smile, him smiling, that would just, that's what we need. I think that's absolutely the answer. <laughs> Everybody should have those. Yeah. <laughs> just on like sticks, right? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think you can make those for us. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Certainly scare any of the mice that might be around. Away. <laughs> there, there's what? No. <laughs> Out in the world somewhere, there might be mice, Krista. Um, oh well, not here. No, no, no. <laughs> on that, like uh, on that note, actually, since it, um, what your face? No, no. Mice. We don't want to lose the two listeners we have left. <laughs> um, no, the uh, so. When we're talking about we, you know, we talked about mental health. Uh, I think last season, towards the beginning of the season, it's obviously something that's a, it's a, a growing uh, topic of conversation in education, not and not just for people that are you know working in the guidance side of things, neither. So, uh, but a lot of times those conversations tend to almost kind of focus on problems, like you know, mental health problems that people have or whatever. But certainly, you you know, we've all seen some successes in that too. And I know as tough as the years it's been, we've we've talked a little bit about trying to figure out, you know, and, and recognize whenever there have been things to, to celebrate, right? Like, can you think, have there been any, um, you know, over the past year, like any stories of like, you know, perseverance or resilience or any success stories that you have that, uh, you know, that maybe would have kind of fallen under the radar that if, you know, if we just kind of focus on all the, all the struggles that people have endured? <laughs> I think I, not anything specific, like a specific story, but I think some of the things that I'm seeing emerge um, with some of the kids is they're developing different kinds of skills that I don't think they ever thought they had in them to do. They're learning to be more organized. They're learning to um, take care of themselves. And that's so important in our mental health anyway. You know, they're learning self-care. They're learning, okay, I'm at home. What can I do? Can I do yoga? Can I get up and do some mind breaks? Can I, you know, go draw. I've seen kids drawing that never drew before, um, singing or playing instruments that they've never done before, you know, creating YouTube channels, some of those creative things. And, and I do think that for some of the kids that have had terrible relationships with their families, some of them are actually becoming better and stronger. So, so those are some neat things that I'm seeing, you know, from some of our kids, which makes me happy. Yeah, that, that is encouraging. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but then obviously there's still, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of students that are still struggling, a lot of families still struggling, um, other people, I mean, everybody's struggling on some level um, for, from one day to the next perhaps. But for anybody who might be listening, students in particular, um, and they might need to like reach out for help, uh, what advice would you have for them and what resources are available that are out there for people that they might not even be aware of? So first i would i would tell them to reach out to a trusted teacher whether it's a teacher from this year or last year if a kid is struggling reach out uh, teachers are compassionate teachers want to see kids be successful i think reach that that would be the number one thing or your guidance department um and then if they're in the middle of the night and they're in the crisis um you know whether that just be i broke up with my boyfriend or i failed a test and i just found out i failed it whatever the crisis may be because you define your own crisis the crisis text line is a, an amazing thing. It's 24 hours a day. 
you just put the number 741-741 and you text to them. You say hello and a certified crisis counselor will be there and, and chat with you through text. So it's not your voice. Um, it's anonymous. You don't even have to say who you are. You, you can have, you know, 45 minutes to an hour of a conversation where they're going to try to help you troubleshoot what's going on, come up with a plan, you know, and make you feel a little bit better. And that's available, like I said, 24 hours a day. And it, it's it's great in the middle of the night if you wake up like, oh, my goodness, I need I need to talk about this. Excellent. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely leave that resource in our, our show notes for any of the listeners. Um, Barb, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us today. And thanks for all the work you do behind the scenes to help make what we do possible. Thank Aww. you. Thank you, Barb. You are so welcome. We appreciate you more than you know. Aw, thanks. I get to go to another meeting now. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. We shall see you all tomorrow. Bye, Barb. Bye. When we come back, the exit ticket, stick around. Pod for Teachers brought to you by hugs, handshakes, and fist bumps. While we may be missing them, they are not forgotten. We'll hopefully soon be seeing you again, our dear, temporarily socially distant friends. But until then, your cousins, the emojis, will have to suffice. This is a deep topic, and there's a lot of layers to this onion. And I don't feel as if we have even scratched the surface. No, I agree with that. Where we begin now is small, right? I I guess. What do you think? What do you guys think? I, I like that. It makes me think of like an analogy of when a, a natural disaster hits an area, right? Let's take Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, for example, whatever it is. They didn't rebuild those cities in a day, right? Like, what, what could they do? It was devastation. Little by little, you start cleaning up. Right. You, you do what you can little by little and try and rebuild it. So I, I agree with you. Starting small has to be the key. You can't just say, all right, we're going to do all this in like, you know, a month, two months, three months, even a year down the road. Everything's going to be fine. Probably not. Hopefully things are better. Right. But right. I agree. You're starting small and then building upon that. Aaron, what do you think? I just keep coming back to Ben Franklin predicting COVID-19. I just <laughs> well, I, I feel like you took that wrong. That was just a quote on 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 um, I was taking advantage of the fact that the that the that the listener can't see the the outline. It's fine. I know. I know. <laughs> All seriousness. Um I, I agree. I, I think that you know it goes back to um you know the the thing that we talked about uh in I can't remember which episode now, but when we were talking about the things we can control versus what we can't control, right? Like we can control what we bring to the table and, and where we go from here. Like we can't control what's already happened. Um, we can't control, um, you know, whether students come back into the classroom or whether they feel it's safer to stay at home. Um, as much as we'd like to, we can't really even control whether they turn their cameras on or leave them off or unmute and talk to us or not. Um, we just have to kind of continue to try to give them give them our best because, you know, we are such a huge part of, and I'm not saying like in some sort of like a like um, self-important type of way, but I, I mean we're such a big part of our students' lives, and that a good chunk, like just good, a good percentage of their time is spent with us, whether that's on a Google Meet or whether that's in person, um, they rely on us to kind of get them through some of the tough times and to kind of 
you know, recognize, you know, as, as Barb talked about in the interview, recognize whenever maybe they're having an off day, whether they're, you know, maybe they're dressed a little bit differently, or maybe they're, they're expressing some, you know, emotion that um, isn't typical for, you know, their, their demeanor or whatever. So it's important for us to kind of keep an eye on those things to, to work with our mental health professionals um, and just to like to do, to do, do what we've been trained to do and, and to recognize what we can and just to be there, be there for them. Because as, as, as she said, we are typically like that first line of defense in the school system. They're going to come to a trusted adult first. They feel like they know us a little bit better than they might a guidance counselor to start. Um, you know, we recognize those things. They talk to, to, to us or whatever. Um, and then we gotta, we gotta make the best choices for, for them from there. But, uh, you know, there, we, we do have a lot of, um, I, I think a lot of, uh, responsibility in, in that equation. And I would to echo that sentiment, not that we didn't before, but I think just this, this whole experience, whatever you want to call it, our students, we got to, as teacher, I think for at least my perspective, so we need to focus on them as people first and then students. Like I think trying to see like where they're at, where they're coming from. Cause I, it used, I think before all this, it was very easy to say, okay, they have, you know, I'm teaching them content. I'm teaching them about this. We have stuff to do. But that's not really going to fly right now because if they're really struggling as a person, then the student stuff isn't really going <laughs> to be going so well for them either. So I think just having well, that proper, you know. It's interesting you bring this up. So I was recently um, overheard to, two people speaking about students and obviously they didn't know I was a teacher. So I, I'm listening and they're like, well, all of these kids are going to be so far behind and they're all going and And I wanted to say, yeah, they're all of them, right? They're all in the same boat, whether they're in the building, not in the building, whatever it is. We're all where we are supposed to be right now, right? Academically. Is that something that's impossible to get caught up on? Uh, no, right? Academics, you can certainly, once your routine is back in place, you're going to feel like things are moving a little bit faster and better. Even sometimes when you're out of school, it, it can, topics can click, but it, it's this aspect that, that this is, this is what's important, right? Knowing that students are going to be where we want them to be and comfortable with themselves and, and how they got through it, how they handled it and how they're going to continue, I think is, is part of the big learning process here. For sure. I mean, and, and I think it goes to, even if you hadn't said that you were, that these were two folks that you had overheard that weren't teachers or whatever, um, I think most teachers could probably identify them as such based on that comment, because I think, you know, the one thing that people that are not in the profession fail to recognize, I think a lot of the times is that um, all students, or let's just say all people are not the same. They cannot, they don't learn the same. They don't think the same. They don't come from the same backgrounds. They don't process challenges and you know and uh, adversity the same way. So just the right. fact that you know that it, everybody's gonna you know we need to meet them where they are. They're going to you know be returning to us and from all different places, and that that's to be expected and that's okay. And we'll, and we're gonna do our best, right? But um, you know there is no one size fits all approach to anything, and and I think it's important to recognize that and to you know make sure that folks understand that. Yeah. And on a completely unrelated note, I see that DECA cardboard behind you in the background there, K-Mills. Have we got an official sponsorship yet from them? 
Uh, we have not gotten, although this is currently the state competition week. So tomorrow, um, actually during that asynchronous time, uh, the award ceremony is live for an hour and 15 minutes. So I will be with my uh, the state competitors tomorrow uh, via via Zoom and Google Meet as they watch their uh, awards. So we're hopeful right. for some winners. So. Are you going to be wearing your pod for teacher t-shirt? And I probably am underneath my, my professional blazer, right? <laughs> well, best but, of luck to you and your crew. I hope to get some good news. Yes. On yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's actually a good time. Good place to leave it. Um, that's all the time we have for today. Follow us on Twitter at pod for teacher. You can find me at a Fitzpatrick CJE. I'm at and Langelli. And I'm at K Milanovic. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review wherever you found our pod. We like stars as much as Kristen likes the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills! Woo! <laughs> I hope to see Kristen get thrown through a table, but hey, that's <laughs> um, <laughs> review. oh. Reviews help more people find us and connect. So stay safe out there, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> see Bye-bye. ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.